Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Hands-On Safety. With summer coming up and towns and cities and states and airlines and all forms of travel opening up again, we thought we'd talk today about travel and how to do it safely, whether you're traveling across town or across the country or across the world. There's always ways that you can be safe doing that. So today with me, as always, are George. Hey, what's up, everybody? And Megan. Hello, hello. So I've gotten to do a little bit of traveling here lately, and I'm going to be doing some more in the next month or so. How about y'all? So jealous. Yeah, you're you're still a little bit stuck, I think. Hopefully it won't be much longer. Pretty stuck. (laughs) (laughs) Not as stuck as Ontario, but... oh. George, you've been doing some traveling lately. Um, yeah, well, it was locally. I mean, within like a three hundred mile radius, you know. Yeah, That's still traveling. That's yeah. traveling. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but you know, but here in Georgia, we've been open for a minute. I mean, it's like, yeah, you know. <laughs> well, that's true. Yeah, yeah. So, and we haven't been as shut down here as as some other places. So, um, traveling for me was not quite as big of a deal when I first traveled back in February. Uh, Delta still had, you know, open, leaving their middle seats open. And um, that is all gone away now. Everybody, I believe all the major airlines have uh, started filling up their planes, which I felt were pretty full when I was traveling to uh, California and to Nashville in March. So that is opening back up more now. I think more people are flying with different states opening up. I think there are still some states showing um, restrictions of having people fill out health records and stuff. But, you know, that's getting more and more relaxed as we get into the summer. And this is definitely uh, summer beginning a travel season for a lot of people going on vacation and kids getting out of school, even though a lot of kids are still doing school virtually. So it's uh, it's going to be interesting to see how things go in the next couple months as far as how much people start traveling. But from what I'm hearing, I think a lot of people are looking forward to that. Yeah. <laughs> it would be nice if we could start traveling here in Canada again, but we're going through a third wave. So um, okay. there's right. Ontario. If we have any Canadian listeners out there, Ontario, as you guys know, it's pretty shut down. Uh, like people can't even leave their regions to go to their cottages and stuff. Oh, um, wow. Yeah, it's bad. Y'all are still locked down pretty tight. And Alberta, where I am, we're not too bad. But I have a feeling we've been hovering between 1,500 and 1,800, well, 1,900 cases the last week or so. So I have a feeling we're going to be going back into more lockdown-y things Mm. here soon. But also, British Columbia is blocking off our border because British Columbia is to the west of us. Mm-hmm. So they're right beside us and they're not letting us come into their province if it's not essential travel. So it's yeah, the entertaining days. Right. <laughs> Get, stay out. Get out. Yeah. <laughs> Get out, Alberta. We don't want you here. <laughs> well, that's probably a whole dis- different discussion. For <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> right. So, so I mean, yeah, I hopefully. Know- Mm-hmm. I was just going to say, hopefully, you know, we'll get past this again and continue our vaccine rollout stuff and get back to traveling again because it would be nice. Yeah, I have to say, you know, when I when I was traveling in February, and March and I could come home and I was working at home, 
I didn't feel quite so nervous about it because, you know, I could pretty effectively quarantine myself when I came back and still work from home. But now that I'm going to be going back into the office, it's, it's um, making me just a bit nervous to think about, you know, being in the office every day and then traveling and then coming back and coming right back. Be more office. conscious. Yeah. yeah, definitely. So, um, but, you know, I plan planning a lot of outdoor activities in my travels. So we'll, uh, we'll see. And hopefully things will all work out just fine. Good plan. <laughs> so before we get too off the deep end into talking about COVID-related travel and safety. Oh, I'm already way off the deep end. <laughs> <laughs> um, too much further off the deep end, I guess I should say. Um, <laughs> treading water, treading water. <laughs> We've really got to get you out of the country soon, Megan. <laughs> <laughs> You've been cooped up entirely too long. I agree. <laughs> You know, let's let's talk about when you are able to get out and travel, some of the things that you do during your travels, um, whether it, you know, how you stay aware of things, how you you get around when you're traveling and what kind of precautions or preparations you make when you're when you're getting out there. First of all, you know where you're going. <laughs> well, that helps. <laughs> yeah, it helps how you're going. Uh, I see that in jest, but also leading to the fact is, um, prep, I've said before, it comes for personal safety and self-defense. It is critical that you start planning before you walk out that door. Same thing, particularly for traveling. Uh, so as I did some research about traveling, particularly with, with flying, but reality is you need to know where, you know, of course, where you're going, the best way to get there. How can you get there easily? Uh, well, you need some assistance at some point, you know, during your trip. Mm -hmm. So you have to start thinking about these things. Uh, what type of systems are in place? Um, if you're flying, taking the train, uh, whatever means you're, you're, you're using, are the systems in place to assist you? Not necessarily help you where, you know, have you carted around in a wheelchair, but at least where you can find directions uh, easily and get around with a very little problem. Uh, are there ways where you can actually skip lines, uh, particularly at the airport? So a lot of things like that you need to be aware of ahead of time. And I really liked some of this, the stuff that you were researching where um, the guy was talking about finding the layouts of the airports ahead of time for airports that he was unfamiliar with. And um, that's something I don't think about much. I mean, I know the airports that I travel in quite frequently. I have, you know, a pretty good idea of their layout and know how they work. Um, but I never thought about really getting online and and trying to look up, look at the way airports are laid out for places that I have not been to before. And honestly, I never have either. Uh, I think, well, while on the airplane, you know, you're about to uh, disembark. I remember, you know, looking into the magazines, they always tell you, look to find out where your gate's at and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that that aspect, but never really prior to like like yourself. Most airports I've traveled to, I I've been been a few times, so I know them. Um, but so they recommended uh, what I found was uh, looking uh, on Wikipedia, um, on, on uh, sorry Yelp mm -hmm. or Google, uh, the airports themselves um, to find out the layouts um, and other information, which I thought was really interesting uh, way of doing it. I never thought about that before. Right. Yeah, I'm not. I'm very good at it. As soon as my plane lands, I'm looking up my flight, whether it's through. And I've started using this app called TripIt, where I can put all my 
travel information in for flights, hotel reservations, that kind of thing. And it will update me to any changes. I, you know, been using the airline apps like uh, Fly Delta and, and um, American and United apps as well, whenever I need to see if my flights changed. And I'm usually doing that the second my plane lands and they say, you can turn your phones on. Um, I'm checking all that because even if I get assistance at the gate, I want to know exactly where I'm going and, you know, as much as possible, what it's going to take to get there. I know if I, if I go through Dallas that I'm probably going to need to take the train to get to my location. Uh, Last time I flew through Dallas, the train was down, which made for an interesting experience of having to go outside, catch a van and come back in and go through security. And one of the things that I do is knowing my airports that I go to, I kind of try to know how long of how much time am I going to need between flights if I have connect connections. Um, you know, say in Atlanta, I can probably manage an hour layover, but I don't really want to go any less than that. In Dallas, I'm going to want at least an hour and a half. And so knowing things like that, um, giving myself plenty of time to find where I need to go, especially if uh, getting assistance isn't um, always working out as well as it should, whether they are shorthanded and and the person that shows up to help you doesn't, or you get left or, you know, whatever happens, you need to be able to have time to, to do what you need to do on your own, get where you need to go. Even if it just means asking people or for assistance along the way to get information. Yeah. I said, um, TripIt was also mentioned. So Wikipedia, Yelp, TripIt were things that were mentioned, a way to research prior uh, to your travel, if you're going by train, particularly, mm-hmm. which I thought was a good idea. The thing they talked about uh, was your baggage, you know, getting um, a bright colored, you know, strap or ribbon on it. So, you know, someone could help you identify it. Um, one article even mentioned even getting dots, get some type of dots <laughs> put on your bag, which, you know, which, which bag is yours? The black one with pink polka dots on it. You know, you can't do right. something like that, you know. Right. Um, I would just do that for fun. Um, <laughs> you know. Cool. That's mine. <laughs> now I know what to get you for Christmas. <laughs> I know, right? Black bag and polka dots. Well, you know, and, and this is just a you know a visual cue for those who can assist you or the, if you and then those you may be traveling with. Like uh oh, so when I was stationed in Korea, um we do count on we do accountability for accountability for our equipment on our tanks or our tools. Mm-hmm. And I was gonna find me some hot pink paint and, and paint a spray paint and paint my tools. I couldn't find these, so I found um, fluorescent orange. Mm -hmm. And so we're doing our little inventory, and someone put up the tool. I go, that's mine. Got you know, because I'm the only one that has that paint on there. So, yeah, it it is a good way of of doing it, just having to identify. It doesn't have to be really outrageous, but something that, you know, distinctively yours. And sometimes they have, uh, they actually do have straps uh, you can get made and have your name on it and strap it to your bag Yeah, as well. Uh, Could also have it maybe um, have it done in Braille. So, you know, I, I try to have, um, my luggage tags are pretty distinctive in that they have a kind of a pattern on them. Mm -hmm. But I, one of the things I also do is I will have a picture of my luggage so that if someone's assisting me in finding that luggage, I can pull it up on my phone and say, here's the, here's what it looks like. And I try to have pretty distinctive stuff anyway. Um, when I bought my luggage, I wanted, you know, some, a bright color. Um, I have, so I have bright blue luggage with um, a yellow wrap around the handle 
and um, I've wrapped my handles in orange duct tape. I've tied brightly colored bandanas on them. Anything that makes it distinctive. I like the picture idea. I never thought about that. So for me, you know, being sighted when I do travel or if I'm going out for the evening, I'll, if I park my car somewhere, I will take a picture of, you know, the parking structure, the floor or mm-hmm. the cross street, just in yeah. case I can't remember where my car is, <laughs> uh, you know, because it does happen, especially with a place that you're not used to. Right. Uh, you know, maybe the hotel name. So, I mean, that's, I never thought about that as, at all. I mean, I've always done it for, you know, physical locations where I'm leaving my car, but never for stuff like, um, you know, my bags. Because, you know, that works for anybody, honestly. Yeah. Lose your bag, what does it look like, you know? Yep. Uh, best way to describe your bag. So, that's a good and, idea. And how many black suitcases are there out there? Oh, my God. those conveyor yeah. belts, yeah. which is right. exactly why that's not what I wanted. Well, um, it's like going to a military town, you know, especially if you're flying to, uh, here to, to Savannah. Mm-hmm. We, have two, we have two military bases, you know, nearby. Well, th- more than that, we, you know, we have about four, about five in the area, in the region. Wow. Okay. Um, that the actually that airport would serve. And so we have, you know, green duffel bags. Green you know? Yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> I fine. think it's important to have a unique bag as well for just in case, you know, your luggage gets lost, you know, you can show right. them a picture. Okay. This is what it looks like. That is yep. my bag, you know? Yep. So I like those ideas, uh, particularly for the bags. Um, that was, was pretty great ones right there. One thing I noticed is that, um, particularly with TSA is letting them, um, you said prior planning, contacting the airports you're traveling to and let them know, uh, well, first of all, find out what, what systems they have in place that you can possibly use. Mm-hmm. You know, that'd be beneficial. You know, uh, having, uh, one, one, uh, one article mentioned having uh, like cargo pants or pants with pockets to mm-hmm. put your stuff, your documents in, which I think is great. I like pockets anyways. Right. Just put stuff in there. So I always lose stuff in my pockets, uh, but I find them later. But I mean, it's a good idea of traveling, you know, with pants that have pockets in it. So, you know, where your stuff, your stuff is located. You don't have to go through mm-hmm. your bag or anything. So on your person, especially if you need medical documentations or, you know, uh, if you're traveling with, with, a, with, a, with a pet, you know, mm-hmm. or, you know, you're not a pet. A service dog. Service dog, yeah. yeah. It's a pet. It's a, it's a pet when it's not working. Um, <laughs> right. You know, so having their documentation, especially going overseas, where it's a little bit different, so you really need to contact. Even uh, just traveling between the U.S. and Canada. Well, you know, from between countries, yeah. You know, yeah. you know what the what the expect, uh, expectations are. Do you have to put them in quarantine? You know, uh, which is normal, anyways. But not talking about COVID quarantine, but just cold quarantine in general. Right. Um, are you aware of this? How many weeks before, you know, is it really worth it? I mean, what, how do you have to plan? How long are you going to be there? So things like that, you know, so seeing that um, if you are blind or, or you know, visually impaired, you still have to go and get inspected going through the x-ray machine. Uh, so notifying TSA officers, um, you know, um, about these, all your devices will be screened as well. Your, your, your cane. So being aware that about this process, you know, and there's um, a there's a bit of controversy on that, and I was gonna say I, that's a touchy subject. It can be, <laughs> yes. Um, some people are are very adamant that that TSA cannot take your cane away from you, and that's true. They are not supposed to be able to take your cane. You're supposed to be able to use your cane to walk through mm-hmm. the screening process and and through the the X-ray and whatever you need. I will typically work things out with them, and I'm. You know, especially here at home, I have the benefit of having a small airport where at this point, you know, a lot of the people at the airport know me and it makes for a smoother process. But um, there is some controversy in that. And that's, you know, that's very personal. If you feel that you need to keep your cane to go through, 
if you feel that it's, uh, you know, just not worth the argument sometimes, and sometimes it's not to let them just take it, then, you know, that's something that you work out with TSA. And the same with that kind of goes for, for anything, any assistance, especially in the airport is, is with um, wheelchairs and, and carts. And, you know, sometimes uh, most of the time, whenever I get assistance, I'll refuse with the wheelchair. Mm. There are days where I just don't want to argue about it. And it's like, fine. Okay. Whatever. <laughs> so uh, uh, I came across that where it's like you, you are not obligated to accept that assistance if you do not want it. Right. Uh, You're not. So. Um, but sometimes they are very insistent. Um, sometimes you will be told that they have to do this and, and it's the same with, um, you know, taking your, your cane on an airplane. You're supposed to be allowed to keep your cane with you, even if it doesn't fold up. If it's a straight cane that has to lay on the floor, you know, you can lay that kind of along the wall of the plane under the windows, but they are not supposed to take that away from you. And so it, it can be an argument sometimes. A lot of times it's not. It's gets into, you know, how you approach it, but it's kind of what, you know, what you're comfortable with. Um, are you comfortable letting them do that? Are you just not in the mood for an argument? Are you mm. going to insist on it? You know, that's all personal choice in that range. And you're going to have that um, from time to time. Not always. It depends on the day and who you're interacting with a lot of times. But, um, you know, kind of decide what you are comfortable with doing as you go and decide what you're prepared for ahead of time. And you know, if if you decide that you are absolutely not going to take assistance with the wheelchair, then stand your ground. But that kind of gets off into another <laughs> another topic. Um, yeah. Wow, I mean, think that's something like an that's an ADA issue right there. I mean, because I was thinking that you know, from my perspective, I mean, I've never had to deal with, of course, but right. if someone had a cane, that okay, you know, here's what we're going to do. We're going to take your cane. We're going to scan it through the scanner. I'm going to give it back to you. You're going to walk mm -hmm. across. Yeah, I think that would be, you know, more than a good, awesome compromise. Because I am checking it. You still need it. So just hold right. it in right here. We scan it. We'll give it back to you. Everything's yeah. clear. Keep on going. And or your wheelchair, you know, put you, we're going to put you in this wheelchair right here. We're going to check your wheelchair over here. We'll roll you up to the other side and put you back in your wheelchair. I mean, that's right. if. That's easier for you. But there's always, like I said, it's always how it's handled. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's something that those in the uh, ADA community in regards to legislation and stuff like that may want to talk to, uh, may want to push that issue, I think. But like I said, that's a different issue for another talk for another time. Sure. And I, I kind of deal with it on a, on a, as I said, per, per time basis. And a lot of times I will just tell, especially if, you know, if, if I say, tell them when I check in at the airport um, that I need assistance. I will say specifically say I do not need a wheelchair or if they bring a wheelchair, I'm just say, Hey, look, I'm going to be sitting on a plane a lot, or I have been sitting on a plane all day. I really want to walk. And that, you know, that usually does the trick. Hmm. Um, See, I'd be like, lazy. Look, I ain't walking. You gotta take me there quick. I'm trying to skip some <laughs> lines, get there early. Be the first one on the plane. Cause I'm going to take advantage of that. <laughs> You know, that, that'd be just be me. I mean, I, uh, you know, I've been, I've been, you know, her, I'd probably play the blind card if I were blind in some cases. Like, look, <laughs> it's a long day of traveling. Someone's driving right. me somewhere because right. I know how to get just around. Carry but me. <laughs> it's, it's carry me. Sure. You, you want to offer it? I'll take it. Right. You know, <laughs> no. and there are days. There are it'd, days. It'd be like, it'd be, like, it'd be, it'd be, it'd be every day for me at the airport. Like, we just, like, 
show for me yeah, around, right? You know, point blank. I'll be waving at people. They're like he's not blind. <laughs> I just be waving at people. They wouldn't know. I, I I wouldn't know if I'm waving at anybody or not. I just, I'd just be waving, you know, messing oh people up. Gosh. I would be. Have, I, I hey. could see. I could totally see you cruising in your wheelchair. Wheelchair yeah, do, doing your doing your princess wave. Be my princess wave. Don't like who you waving to. I have no idea. Is anybody no out idea. there? I'd be like there. <laughs> Just whoever's passing by. You know, have fun with it. People are going to make this assumption about you either way, which I think is crazy. People are not going to believe that you're blind. Eh, well. You know, so might as well have fun with it. Good. You, know? you can totally see George just wheeling down. Yeah. <laughs> Having a great old time with it. All right. So now we know we need to go on a trip with George. (laughs) Right. (laughs) We're out. We'll get some, uh, get some wheelchairs and hook them up, you know, horns on them and (laughs) stuff like that. Have like a parade of wheelchairs. (laughs) Like have like a, a flash mob of people in wheelchairs and and white canes. (laughs) He's like all walking down the uh, corridors together and stuff like that. I mean, you're going to travel, have fun with it, make people laugh at the same time. Um, you know. I'll be leading the train. Me and Simba will be leading the train. There you go. Yeah, there you go. Get like, Simba to pull. <laughs> go, Simba, go. Is this a movie? I'm sorry, you know. <laughs> so you're going to travel, have fun. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, you know, they, they don't try to make it painful sometimes, but at least have fun with it. Uh, there's a plethora of information out there about traveling. Um for the visually impaired, as well as those with uh, other limitations and disabilities, which I found really awesome. There's that much information out there. I yeah. think people are aware of the information, and uh, hopefully we can get some more. Like I said, I, I sent you some stuff, Leslie, so I you can probably that. Yeah. add that with, some, with, the, um, with the links yep. uh, on there. I think, uh, I think there's actually a couple more that I actually cut out from there that I can probably send you that were other sites for traveling. Uh, this is an awful lot of information, which I think is really cool. Um, but like I said, the brief breakdown is planning your planning your trip before contacting mm-hmm. the airport TSA, find out what they have uh, available for you, whether you know whether you want to use them or not, because that's your sure. option. Right. Uh, you know, getting there a little bit early is always is always, always critical. Um, you know, see about the transportation to uh, the airport. Maybe there's a shuttle that can provide mm-hmm. service to you as well, making sure that you have all the proper documentations like we mentioned uh, that you need or whatever thing, or documentation that you will need while you're on your trip. Yeah. Um, there's a number of organizations out there that specialize in just um, traveling for the blind, which I didn't know about either, so you can contact them. So we'll send a list out to that as well. Um, they, you, know, you can arrange tours and stuff like that. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. I have seen a few of those. So I think that's really great. It's just that uh, for me, it's an awakening, you know, being not being, you know, being involved with the blind community, but not being blind. That it's right. like, it's like I always say that sighted people, we don't see the blind and we don't know what's out there. And the sad part, I find out that a lot of people who are blind and visually impaired don't know about these things either, mm-hmm. which I find really hard, well, kind of hard to believe in regards to that some, somewhere there's a disconnect. Sure. Uh, and hopefully we can fill that void in some form or fashion. Um, but yeah, but traveling is a great experience. So I think that's awesome that people are willing to travel. And I spoke the other day with a gentleman named uh, Nick Eisenberg. Uh, he is the host of the Tactile Traveler. And uh, he's actually doing a story uh, recently, or will be doing a story on active shootings and what uh, what can people who are visually impaired or blind do in that type of situation. So a nice conversation with him. He's based out of uh, Colorado. He's a, a journalist by trade. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, so, but I'm um, looking actually his his on Apple Apple Podcasts. I told him about our podcast and that I'd be sending him um, our links to our podcast. Link, his are yeah. his are okay. yeah, his are relatively short because he's under under time. So he's gotcha. about 26 minutes in length. Yeah. Uh, okay. So he has stuff about traveling, uh, Amtrak seating, uh, keeping track of credit cards, uh, voiceover controls. Yeah. Guided nice. horses, you know, blind bus riders, you know. Yeah. So got some good information. You want to know more about traveling? That's more of, of his thing. Uh, so I would, check, I would suggest checking it out. The Textile Absolutely. Traveler, Nick Eisenberg. I find my Apple uh, podcast. Yeah. Um, All right. We'll uh, you know. we'll include a link. Yeah. To his so. show in our show notes. Yeah. And you know, I didn't specifically look up travel information for people with disabilities or visual impairments. I just did a quick Google search of travel safety mm-hmm. and found stuff from State Farm and, you know, other information, which talked about a lot of the same thing that we've talked about it, you know, and being prepared for that and even talked about looking online to see, you know, if the places you are staying are in good neighborhoods or good locations. And certainly, I think one of the things that I use a lot is TripAdvisor, where if I'm looking at a hotel, I will go on TripAdvisor and see what gets said about that hotel. Because as a friend of mine likes to say, (laughs) TripAdvisor doesn't lie. (laughs) Mm. So I will, I will look into hotels that way for sure. But, you know, some of the things they talk about, and this could be especially important if you're traveling overseas, is knowing who to contact in case of emergency, whether it's a an embassy or consulate. Um, yeah, where is your nearest embassy and how to contact them? Mm-hmm. Which is something that I have never thought about in regards, you know, of traveling overseas is really knowing that information. I like this this tip of not looking like a tourist, which is um, that is kind critical. Of, <laughs> kind of funny because that's typically what we do. I mean, we when we go traveling places, especially on vacation, we look exactly like tourists. Oh, let me tell you. <laughs> All right. So when I was in Iraq, like 2009, 2010, uh, the uh, government did the worst thing they could ever do to me, allowed me to go to Australia on their dime. Mm-hmm. I had to pay to be there, but they flew me back and forth. Right. Um, And uh, worst they could ever do because I had a great time uh, for nine months uh, in the sandbox. And Mm -hmm. um, I bought this bright yellow, you know, jacket had uh, Australia in green right across. I didn't have any winter clothes. I was their winter time was you know our summer still in Iraq and the United States. So it was like it was almost getting close to winter. I'm wearing this thing all over Australia. Like you can tell I was like some tourist, especially <laughs> not that many black people hanging around there either. You so, scream tourist. <laughs> tourist. I did not care. I was a drunken tourist. I had a great time. Um, drunken tourist who was no tour- longer cold. I know, right? Exactly. <laughs> That's uh, all that counts. Yeah, pretty much. There it, yeah, but I still look cute. And I still haven't worn a jacket since, but it's in my closet. Pretty cool. Um, but one thing you made me think is like, in the military, there's a uniform that soldiers wear when they're not in uniform. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's traditional. It's like uh, before it's khaki pants and polo shirt, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, usually <laughs> with a bag that says he screams camouflage or military on it. Right. Or so you will have the tactical pants. Uh, you see how the, the police officers wear or contractors yep. wear multiple, multiple pockets, but they're always a green or a beige color, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. So, and that just screams like, yeah, 
military. Um, <laughs> military on vacation. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Or just going from point A to point B, you know. Right. Uh, so I try to get away from that. I really don't wear much that says military on it at all. Not that I'm not that I'm not proud of it. I just want to be locked in uh, locked in that box with everybody else that's just like, hey, I'm I was in the army. Whoa, no, <laughs> got you. Give me a free meal. No, I'm not right. that guy. Uh, right. I will ask for discounts though at, at Home Depot and other places. I'm not well, crazy. Sure. All right. Um, but yeah, you don't want to have have that. I think that's one thing that some people were blind or scared of showing their canes, you know, on the streets. I mean, I've heard this many times before because it uh, to some they feel it denotes that I'm, you know, since I'm blind, I'm I'm vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Those who will come to the seed program will not be that vulnerable. <laughs> they may right. be seen as such. Right. But you might get a cane to the face and your fault. <laughs> All right. Absolutely. Uh, but you know, there's certain things like that, but just being confident about it. And um, talking to someone recently and they were telling me something I never really thought about. Cause I always think about, you know, it'd be great for those or sites that just go out and to assist people who are blind by asking them if they would like assistance, not mm-hmm. like, you know, picking them up and walking across the street when they were going waiting for a bus, you know, not that type of assistance, but right. I hear because it's somewhat of a debate sometimes where uh, there are those who just want to be very independent, do everything on their own. And then those who will ask for assistance. So I know there's a, cross between those two no um well i kind of look at it as you know everybody whether you're whether you're sighted blind have a disability or not everybody needs help at some point right and so you know what level of help you choose to ask for is whatever level of independence you want is what you're comfortable with and when you feel like you need help ask for help and and my definition of independence has always been having that choice yeah. If you know that, well, I ask, I can ask for assistance to do this, or I can do it on my own. You know, knowing that you can do it on your own, and knowing you have that option, sometimes to me is is just as important as whether or not you actually do it on your own or ask for assistance. Knowing that you can. I like that. You know, having that um, the opportunity. You know, that's your independence. You know, having that. Um, you have that right to do so. See, I'm the guy that will ask for directions. Mm-hmm. I do not care. You know, I mean, <laughs> like I am. Lo- I drove around here three times. I am lost. Women you know how to get- take note. <laughs> yeah, I, I I will will ask directions. Uh, after if I'm if I'm by myself, I really don't care. But I'm with others. And uh, one thing I get from the military is that when you travel, you should travel with a buddy. So that's why mm-hmm. I'm a bit prone. You know, we can support you, help each other out. Sure. Um, that's just a combat uh thing as well, as well as just uh. When you're, you know, as in Korea, so you always go off post or downrange with a buddy in case something mm-hmm. happened, in case you got jumped, you know, in case you got lost. But, you know, at least you'd be together, lost at the same time. Um, but so I'm always an advocate of anyone and everyone you know, asking for assistance, asking for help. It just makes things go a little bit faster, uh, especially if you find the person who actually is a, a lawful authority or has knowledge of the location of that place that would just help your situation just a little bit quicker. That's the way I look at it. Cause I'm, you know, I'm on vacation. I'm pressed for time. I'm trying to do some stuff, not getting lost is one of them. <laughs> All right. So I, you know, I'm about, so I suggest people will do that, but still have your, the, um, have your freedom of, you know, being able to travel. And which I think is great when I see people who are blind, I can tell you, I like, I just, I'm just amazed. Like, wow, look at them go. Just doing their thing. You know, because I never grew up around people that were blind. I never really saw it. But now that I see it, I'm, I'm really encouraged by it. So when mm-hmm. those who those who are sighted don't do anything, like, you're just lazy. <laughs> like, you need help. You know, get out there and do something. Um, oh, goodness. But 
But I think that people should be empowered with the ability to, you know, do it, do it on their own, no matter who they are, sighted or not. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, never be afraid to ask for help. It's not a sign of weakness whatsoever. You know, it's a sign of being intelligent about your, your situation. And one of the things that we've talked about here before is the difference between, and especially when you have a purpose, when you're going somewhere with a purpose, you look more confident, mm-hmm. you, you look like you know where you're going, but when you're at a point where you are wandering around lost, you look lost. You look lost. You look lost. Yeah. And there's no so, way to disguise that. No, there's <laughs> not. <laughs> and I don't even try. Um, lost, lost in lost deer, deer in a headlight look, huh? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I just stand around turning in circles. You know, I, I look lost and there's no, there's no hiding that. So, you know, it then gets into a level of safety is when you start looking mm-hmm lost and left confident you look vulnerable you look more vulnerable and you know if you are proactive enough to go okay i have lost let me go march up to this person i hear over here talking and ask for directions or information then you are still maintaining that level of confidence and purpose that you started out with yeah and you're you some if you're proud, you approach somebody, hey, you sound like you won't kill somebody. Uh, do, you know, <laughs> do you know I can get <laughs> use that one day? I, <laughs> yeah, you sound like you, you like you might be cool. You know? <laughs> yeah, you you sound like you're probably not a criminal or yeah. up to no good. Let me right. Yeah. So uh yeah. Um that's something like uh, no, well, not that part, but when my mother moved from from uh, the south to to New York, my grandfather ta- told her, you know, she's like 17 years old. Um one, you know, don't look like you're lost. You know, walk with some confidence because mm-hmm. people people see that. Yeah, and that's something she told me as well. Where you know, I walk to places just like I shouldn't even go into, but you know, one bothers me. <laughs> right. You know, uh, and I've I've seen people um, pickpocket other people on a train. You know, as, as a kid, uh, but growing up in New York, you don't say anything because you might be next. Sure. Uh, but I've watched people do it. Like, how do people, how people not see this? Like, I see it. <laughs> but I think either that the New Yorkers, New Yorkers were just ignoring it or they really are oblivious to it. Um, but I always had attention, attention to detail and I see things going on. Uh, also, it's part of your safety. So if you hear things or you get that feeling something's not right, something's not wrong, but you know, asking for help, getting yourself, so, you know, if you're at the airport, getting yourself situated so you are taken to the gate so you're not worried about anything in between. You know, and I've uh, certainly um, I like to know, you know, where all my stuff is as far as um, like the backpack that I typically travel mm -hmm. with has a compartment in the back for, you know, putting your computer Mm -hmm. in a separate compartment. Often I use this for documentation, too, so that if I have to reach into my bag to get documents um, while I'm at the airport, I'm not spending a few minutes, you know, unaware of everything going on around me while I'm rifling through a bag, pulling things out, you know, setting it on the floor, digging through, trying to find something. I know exactly where my passport is. I know exactly where any documents that I need are. I always try to get my boarding passes set up ahead of time, even doing, you know, pre-check-ins online before I get to the airport. And that way, all that's taken care of. It's less steps that I have to do. Um, some of the things that I read that I had not thought about were um, making copies of your documentation. So mm-hmm. having digital copies of your passport and your ID yes, and any other documents Absolutely. that you might need in case those get stolen. 
letting people know this is something that I've always done. Um, it doesn't matter if I'm going to the grocery store. I'm going to let somebody know, hey, I'm out doing this. And, you know, if you don't, <laughs> when I would not specifically say this, but if you don't hear from me in a little while, you know, something's wrong. But I try to let people know on a regular basis where I'm going, even if it's just around town, just so that somebody has an idea and, you know, it's like, oh, hey, we haven't seen her and talked to her in three days. Um <laughs> We should probably check on her. So uh, one thing I thought about was, I can't remember what it's called. It's a type of um, a sock or uh, some type of uh, elastic type brace that you'd wear around your ankle. And you can actually put documentations and documents in there, such as, you know, credit cards, ID, your passport. So if you are, you know, somewhere and you say you were mugged or your stuff got stolen, at least you would have those important items on you in a Mm -hmm. location where no one's really going to think about trying to trying to grab grab you or take it from you so that's something else that i read in other uh, material that i uh, had researched so i think it was a pretty good idea but um it's a good idea for anybody especially if you're traveling overseas or you know uh or internationally i should say probably something that's really good to have uh, as an extra aid i mean these are all recommendations sure uh you're gonna do what you're gonna do no matter who you are but are- go ahead no but i think but you know it just takes a lot of these things in, uh, to heart and see how you can uh, how you can best implement them in your safety plan because reality you need to have some type of safety plan when traveling uh just out your door or traveling you know uh across borders or overseas yeah and uh, there are a lot of things out there on the market um different types of pouches that you can conceal under your clothing for documents um like you mentioned the the sleeve that goes around your leg there there are some that hook to your belt um there are are purses with, you know, locking zippers and, and that are double layered material so that they're harder to cut into. There's all kinds of things out there for travelers and, um, you know, looking at those things, finding, and you may have to go through a few of them before you find something that works for you. But thinking about that, having digital backups of your documents for sure is a great idea and something that I will I will definitely make sure I do in the future. All of those things can work for you. And, and it's just a matter of finding things out there that, that you like and that fit your travel needs. Some of the other things that I read about were like keeping your hotel room secure. There are extra locks that you can put on. There are jammers that you can put under the door. You know, they talk about keeping the impression that you're in your room, even when you're not. So putting your do not disturb sign on the door, even when you're not there or keeping your curtains drawn, that kind of thing. You know, if somebody comes to your hotel room and says they're with the hotel, if if you aren't expecting anybody from the hotel to come to your room, you can always contact the front desk before you let them in. Right. Ask if, you know, that uh, person is supposed to be there. And, you know, those are, those are in some of these cases, things that you could do at home. If somebody shows up at your door, you you may want to verify who they are and verify if they say they're with a company or a utility company or other service, call that service and verify it. All these things are just things to think about when you're, you know, and it seems like a lot when you're thinking about this uh, before you go on a trip. Oh, I have to do all these things before I go. But the more you do it, the more of a habit it becomes and becomes second nature. Yeah. I mean, if you make also, if you make a, a checklist, you should probably find, you probably can find a checklist online. Yeah, write sure. things down. 
But right yeah. there. Have like a little <laughs> checklist, you know, and that's the key thing. Have a checklist, uh, use your cell phone, whatever device makes it easier for you. Have a checklist of these things you should be doing when you leave, before you leave, you know, you go on trips, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, sometimes I have, uh, I've, I try to do like a little checklist of when I'm packing stuff. Yeah. So I don't overpack stuff. I already know what I already packed because sometimes in the morning I'm packing, putting more stuff in there, like last minute, like, oh, did I already put that in there? Um, so, yeah, these are these are just smart ideas. I mean, the military does it all the time. We had packing lists uh, that we followed. Uh, we had, you know, a list of, of tasks that we had to accomplish uh, before, during, and after. Uh, that's pretty much how I still guide my life uh, based off those things I learned in the military because they worked. Sure. You know, some things were annoying, but, you know, you don't have to make it annoying. <laughs> uh, make it sensible mm-hmm. and something easy for you to follow. Um you know, and getting and getting your family, getting family members involved. Like one thing they did mention too, uh, uh, notice uh, my research that if you are traveling with family or friends, make sure you guys have the same, you know, gate. Uh, you're going through the same gate, the same flights. It just makes it a little bit easier. Right. Trying to link up afterwards, so you may have to work a little bit on that, but it can be done. Not necessarily at the same seats, but at least in the same airplane, going to the same gate mm-hmm. or whatever it is. So things like that just makes your trip a little more enjoyable, a little bit easier for you. Definitely. So, Megan, what are some of the things that you do when you're traveling? I know it's been a while, but, you know. <laughs> Way back when I was able to travel. <laughs> back in 2019. <laughs> <laughs> has it really been that long? Oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes, it has. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> we're, like, we're like, what, hitting, what, five months in? Getting close to six months. <laughs> the new year. Christmas is almost here. Oh, oh no, don't say that. No. <laughs> as soon as summer hits, like Christmas is around the corner. Oh, you know? oh, I don't want to think about it. Scary. I actually think it's been almost two years since I've traveled like out of the country. Yeah. That's a scary thought. Um, so you guys have touched on like traveling with a cane, mostly for those of you out there with vision loss. Uh, well, it's kind of added when you have another dog. Um, you got some added things to think about. So, you know, I make sure I know kind of where I'm going and what I need to do, obviously. But I also have in my backpack and my carry-on, one of the things that I stress to people is have an extra day's worth of dog food with you, you know, just in case you get stuck, right? you know, um, in an airport somewhere, or uh, I actually have like a, a doggy emergency kit. So I have poop bags, I have paper towel, I have cookies, I have food, you know, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously documentation as well, it, depending on where I'm going. You know, if I need to go, if I'm going across the border to the States, I've actually never been overseas with a dog, but I have to take um, her, my dog's records with me. So I make sure I have those as well. And I do actually, the last time I did travel, I did make sure I had electronic records as well, Mm -hmm. just in case I couldn't find them or I'm sometimes pretty disorganized when I travel. So it's always good to have the electronic stuff. Um, That you were going to do when you were planning to come visit me, um, we talked about the possibility of you just shipping food here. Um, ordering food online and having it sent here. And that's a that was a pretty good option to have that ability to go ahead and have food sent to your destination. And I've seen some people do this with um, 
you know, in taking their dogs to um, the NFB conventions. Yep. Having, uh, asking if you could have dog food sent to the hotel ahead of time and that you could pick it up there. And then you're not having to carry a week's worth of dog food. Because I know it's um, just knowing other people, um, you and other people that have service dogs, you know, you, you have a, you have a whole nother bag just for your dog a lot of times. And that so it's true. Can do less than that. <laughs> um, yeah. Like if that's, an, if you can do that, if you can swing that and you know, it can get there safely and mm-hmm. um, be secure until you get there, you know, that's a fabulous option. You know, if you're going to stay with family or friends, you know, that's do it. Cause yeah. then you can just bring it home. Just bring, an extra like a bag that's a little bit bigger and you can bring extra home with you if you have extra or you know like that makes life a little bit easier yeah and saves you a lot of uh strength i guess right those dog food bags can be heavy when you're um when you're traveling do you contact the hotels ahead of time to talk about what kind of things you might need for for simba whether you are you know, calling to find out if they have areas, dog relief areas or anything. I've never really done that in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always just asked when I've gotten there, you know, hey, I have a service dog. Where can I take her to relieve herself? Mm-hmm. You know, and they'll say, oh, I've had actually some hotels go, uh, we don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll find a spot. Thank you. Right. <laughs> You know, um, <laughs> point me to the grass, please. <laughs> I've typically had people with me who've been able to help me find a spot mm-hmm. that's been suitable. But, you know, it's it's the self-advocacy thing, you know, like, where can I take them? Or yeah. can you show me a, if you're on your own? Can you show me a place? Could you help me find a place? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you got to be respectful of the property t- as well. So, right. Be a good influence. And I be know- a good impression, I guess. At least, um, you know, probably a good number of the major airports now have dog relief areas. It used to be that you had to uh, go take a tram or, you know, they had to take you somewhere, sometimes out on the runway to a spot or, you know, you'd have to go back through security. But I know a lot of um, a lot of major airports at least seem to have dog relief areas now, good or bad. I've not heard good things about a lot of them, but. Um, they do have those available so that you're not having to go back through security, if especially if you're on a layover. It's also a very important thing, too, if you do have a service dog or even a pet, you know, like if you're traveling with your pet. Right. Is make sure when if you go look up at the airport, make sure you look up if they have any relief areas, mm-hmm. you know, and make sure you know where they are. I've gone to a couple airports and I had no idea. Right. And learned, oh, crap, I have to go back through security or whatever, you know. And giving um, yourself time for that, too, is important. Yes, exactly. Giving yourself um, extra time on layovers for that kind of thing. That's very important. I've only ever traveled with my guide, uh, let's say, four or five times. So I'm still mm-hmm. learning from my mistakes as I go. Yeah. but And obviously, it's different with each dog, too. So sure like mine that i have right now she can't hold her bladder as well as my last one could so yeah you know it's you got to know your dog and know what they can handle and know your situation so 
right. pretty important in your travel preparations. Um, also, I was actually thinking about this the other day, and I haven't been on this website for a long time, but if you are in Canada and you would like to, you're starting to figure out your travel plans and you know where you might want to go and stuff like that to figure out more things about where you might want to go travel.gc.ca is a very good place to go it will give you travel advisories uh, things you need to be aware of and just general information uh, with traveling and whatnot in to canada and outside of canada so it's actually not a bad place to go for anybody if you're coming into canada canada or you're leaving so right and i imagine i imagine that there are quite a few places that even even different states i know have travel sites coming into to the states things not only things you can do but uh good information for traveling in those states mm-hmm. i imagine that other countries probably have that as well so um yeah always good to do some research before you go even though i kind of like I kind of like impromptu trips, or at least I like the idea of them. <laughs> I want, I like the idea of them. I don't know if myself as a person could do that. Mm-hmm. I like to plan things. So, yeah, like I like to have things organized and I will do an impromptu trip someday though. Cause I think it'd be fun. Yeah, could be, but you know, always, um, always keeping some of those. Some of those safety tips in mind, even for the impromptu trips, you've got to do a little bit of prep work, but um, having some of that done in advance, you know, or do it on your way to the airport, right, (laughs) can always be helpful. For sure. So, um, Megan, what would you say would be your number one travel tip if you had to give somebody a travel tip? And I know I just totally put you on the spot. Number one travel tip. Well, I have a lot floating through my head at the moment, Um, (laughs) but I would say my tip would probably have to be, I would probably say, you know, be prepared for anything weather-wise or, you know, an extra, a couple days extra spare clothes or, you know, you never know what can happen, right? So, all right, having some extra things. Maybe pack in a few extra things to be prepared. George, what is yours? You know I me. Mean? Uh, be prepared from the get-go. You have to plan what you're going to do. You just can't just like, you know, I'm here doing things. That's not, that's not an effective way of doing things. Uh, it's not good uh, for the experience you're about to have. So proper preparation before you leave the house. That means, you know, not mean the minute before it, but... You know, if you know you're going on a trip months in advance, once, once you get your tickets, start preparing for those small things, buying little things that you need to buy, contacting those people you need to contact, uh, giving them enough time to react uh, to your request uh, or to provide you information. So all is proper pre- uh, proper preparation, uh, to me, is the key thing. Key thing. I I think the, the first thing to me when I decide that I'm going somewhere or I'm I'm going to go on a trip. And once I figure out where I'm going is the first thing I do is start looking up stuff about my destination, whether it's hotels or whether or not there's transportation, public transportation there or 
finding things to do, I start researching my destination. And that Yeah, that's in the planning into, stage too. It like, does. And that goes into preparation for sure. But I I think that's probably that's probably the first thing on my list. Um I'm going on a trip in June and when my boyfriend and I decided where we were going, I started looking things up. Oh, let's what what all is there? What can we do? Where is this? Where is that? Um and trying to learn more about that destination so that I'm not just wandering into it going, I have no idea. <laughs> don't know where I'm at. Don't know what I'm doing. Um, I have a little bit of a plan and I'm, I'm always open to, you know, keeping things flexible, but I wanted to know more about the city that we're going to. So, uh, that was my first step in, in planning this trip. And then as it gets closer, I will, will certainly start making lists of things I need to pack, which is really nice if you have a, an Echo device or a Google device that you can just say, hey, add this to my packing list or add this to my vacation list. And then when you when you get to the point... You know, of, next time I travel, I need to do that because I always end up forgetting something because I always make the list in my head. Mm-hmm. Yep. I, I like being able to, as things pop up in my head, even months ahead of time, I'm certainly not going to start packing and putting things together that soon. But as things come up in my head, I'm just like, hey, you know, whatever voice assistant I have, add this to this list. And whether I name that list vacation list or whether I name it packing list or I name it based on the trip that I'm going on. However, I do that. I've I've got that list started sometimes months in advance, so that when when it is time for me to start packing things, I can go back to that list and go, "Oh yeah, I wouldn't have thought about that this week. I thought about that two months ago, but I wouldn't think about it this week." Yeah, all you guys, all those things you guys have suggested, I've been listening listening keenly because I'm always looking for new tips and tricks, and I'm just starting to travel on my own different places like you know i've been through places on my own two mm-hmm. places but i always meet up with people there so right. yep and it, it can be a little intimidating but the, mo- the more preparation i think that you do in advance the easier it will make make things as you as you travel and um you can't be prepared for everything but you can certainly have a plan and you can try but you won't be (laughs) (laughs) and be prepared for as much as you can be and then having that going out there with confidence and going out there with a plan is certainly going to make you appear less vulnerable even if you don't necessarily feel that way at the time especially on your first trip out but traveling traveling can be fun and anything you can do to keep it fun is is worth taking the time to do Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> well, uh, another great show, guys. And I think that is... I think we could go on for hours with this. But. We probably could. Um, <laughs> this is a this is a favorite topic for me. I love traveling. I, I have a wandering spirit. I just don't always have the means to follow it. I'm working on that, though. And so um, I hope to be doing a lot more traveling this year and in coming years and... Um, getting out there and seeing the world let me out of my cage (laughs) (laughs) yes definitely want out got to go see new see new things and new places and meet new people and have a good time all right everyone thanks for listening if you want to get in touch with us please contact us 
at feedback at handsonsafety.net. Uh, keep watching our site, handsonsafety.net, for more improvements and resources. We have the site up and running. It's getting there. It's still a work in progress, but we are adding more to it and um, hoping that that will be a full upcoming site soon that we can offer more information on. You can always contact us through our Facebook page, Hands On Safety Podcast, and follow us on Twitter at hands underscore safety. So we are looking forward to bringing y'all another great show next month. Bye, everybody. All right, everybody. Have a good one. Bye, everybody. Safe travels. Safe.